Welcome to the Lead On Podcast. This is Jeff Orge, the president of Gateway Seminary, continuing our conversation about practical issues related to ministry leadership. Today, I want to talk about something fun. I want to talk about this phrase, leaders are readers. Leaders are readers. I want to talk with you for a few minutes about how to have a more productive reading plan as a leader that will accomplish a series of really positive outcomes in your life, including just overall making you a better leader. Why is it important that leaders read? Well, here's some answers. First, reading shapes you spiritually. It helps you grow in your relationship with God. You can read books that are designed specifically for that. But beyond that, other kinds of reading also motivates us to spiritual investigation, gives us examples of spiritual depravity or separation from Christian worldview. Reading shapes you spiritually. Second, it invigorates you intellectually. It is your most direct way of having fellowship with great minds. Most of you are not going to meet very many really, really famous, brilliant, influential people. I certainly haven't. Most of us don't. But through reading, I have been able to intersect with some remarkable people reading not only what they've written, but reading what other people have written about them has helped me to have fellowship with great minds, to be able to get inside the thinking of people and to understand the nuances of their lives and their thoughts and their decisions, to be able to analyze that, to think it through, to read about it and mull it over. And that's like having an extended conversation with someone that you really look up to, that you admire, that you want to be like. So reading shapes you spiritually and invigorates you intellectually. Another good positive outcome for leaders is it sharpens your communication ability. It sharpens your communication ability. Uh, it helps you to learn, for example, to write more effectively. I've written, as you know, a number of books and writing always articles, blogs, curriculum. My writing has been significantly improved over the years by reading. Reading shapes your mind. It shapes your use of words. It introduces you to a larger vocabulary, helps you see how people put ideas together and how they put concepts together. Reading sharpens your communication ability by helping you learn to write more effectively, but it also sharpens your speaking capacity. Reading has helped me to learn to use words more precisely to use fewer words, and to be much more uh, succinct and direct in what I say. So good reading sharpens your communication style. 
So it shapes you spiritually, invigorates you intellectually, sharpens your communication ability. One last thing. It provides an escape. It's just fun. Gives you the opportunity to go into another world. Recently, a book was recommended to me. I picked it up and enjoyed it immensely. It was the story of a sea voyage, a shipwreck, three wandering parties that survived, and the resulting court-martial, trial, and public debacle in in the 1700s. <laughs> what a fascinating story. And in the time I was reading that book, I felt like I was uh, on that uh, ship deck with the salt water uh, spray going around me and the uh, loud shouts of the sailors and the sails going up and down and the wind filling them and the storms then raging and the shipwreck happening. Oh, man, what an escape. How fun that was just to read and enjoy. Recently on a plane, I found myself uh, with a legal thriller from an author that I've enjoyed over the years. And I found myself reading that and enjoying immensely his twist of plot, his character building, his uh, way of interplaying all of the story together to build it to a crescendo, which, quite frankly, had a bit of a surprise at the end, don't they all? But again, just a bit of an escape, a way to go into another world and live there for just a little while. So reading shapes leaders, helps leaders, develops leaders in these ways. It'll shape you spiritually. It'll invigorate you intellectually. It'll sharpen your communication style and provide an escape. So that leads me to the next question. What should Christian leaders read? What should your reading plan include? Well, you might think, oh, we're Christian leaders. We just read the Bible. Or, well, we're Christian leaders, so we only read the Bible and uh, really old, serious, thick Christian books. Well, there's nothing wrong with the Bible or old, serious, thick Christian books, but let's expand a little beyond that. So here are five suggestions in answering the question, what should a Christian leader's reading plan include? Number one, read widely or broadly from theology to fiction. Don't narrowly define what you should read. Broaden your understanding. Broaden your horizons. Think much, uh, think much more expansively about what to read. So read widely. Second, read purposefully. Uh, read your discipline, but also read in some other fields. For example, I have read a lot of leadership books, but I also read history. I also read fiction. I also read theology. I recently uh, pulled out a book and thought, you know, this has been a subject of some interest to me. I've not read about this in a while. I think I want to read this book. And so I did. It was a biography, if you will, of the Apostle Paul. And it helped me to put together some of the chronology of Paul's life as it's revealed in Acts and then in the different letters that he wrote and how those all interleave together. It's very fascinating. Sure, I'm, uh, I went through that at some point in seminary, I, I guess, but it's been a long time since I'd done that. And I wanted to, once again, just get my mind around what that was like. So I found myself immersed for a while in the 
biography of the Apostle Paul. So read your discipline, which for me would be leadership, but also read other fields like theology and history, uh, things like that. And then read intentionally. Now, uh, this is one of those things that will just give your plan some discipline or some backbone. If you will read intentionally, and what I mean by that is choose a reading project and stay with it over time. For example, I decided a number of years ago to read the Pulitzer Prize winner for biography for, say, the last 40 years. So I found a source online that listed those Pulitzer Prize winning biographies, and I started reading them. To my great surprise, when I found this list, I had already read several of them, but I picked out some more, and then I skipped a few that just really didn't interest me. But mostly, I decided to stay with my project and try to read the Pulitzer Prize winning biographies for, say, the last 40 years. That's a reading project. It's laying something out and saying, uh, this is what uh, I need to be working on uh, right now. Uh, an- another thing that I've done is I set out to read a presidential biography on every president of the United States. Now, I'm about two-thirds of the way through that, by the way. I've read biographies on most of the presidents, and on a few of them, I've actually read more than one. And you say, well, what, what biography would you read, or how would you know? Well, I do a little work on it online, looking for what's the best biography or the standard biography. If it's ever won a National Book Award or a Pulitzer Prize or something like that, I want to know that. I look for those kind of biographies that are of American presidents, and I, and I read those as part of my reading project. I have a friend who has an interesting one. He wanted a reading project that would help him to get a window into the culture. He told me, he said, as a Christian leader, you know, I read a lot of theology and I read a lot of Bible books and I read a lot of ministry books, but I really wanted to get a better window into the culture and what people are really thinking and what people that, uh, uh, what influencers are reading. And so he decided to read the Pulitzer Prize winner for fiction for every year from the time he was born up until today. And he's been working on this list for a while. And he's told me, uh, as we've laughed about this project on a few occasions, some of these books, he said, are just ridiculously bad. He said, I have no idea how they won any kind of an award. But that's revelatory in and of itself. Because what he's reading, remember, is to get a window into the culture. He's trying to see how people are thinking today and allow it to influence his way of understanding the world he's living in so that as he plans to preach and teach and lead, he can do so addressing the worldview and the perspective and even the tastes of people that are in the culture. So these are what I mean by reading project. You can read the Pulitzer Prize winning biographies. You can read the Pulitzer Prize winning books for fiction. You can read, as I've been doing for years, biographies of American presidents with a goal of trying to read a standard biography on every one of them. Or you could pick something else. Um, You pick some project, though, where you come up with some arbitrary list like this, and you simply work your way through it, whittling down that list until you get uh, to the end of it. Now, another thing that I would strongly encourage you to do is to read theologically. Now, what I mean by this is to read a serious book on theology. There are so many books being produced these days, but a lot of them, even Christian books, are really trade books. They're 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 
they're uh, popular books. They're they're books about you know various aspects of ministry, and I happen to like these books. I've written several of them, but I'm now advocating for you to go beyond that and to read theologically. So pick a good solid theology book and say I'm going to work my way through this. I'm going to read a good systematic theology, or I'm going to read a get a, a series of books on theological themes. And I'm going to work my way through. And what's really good about today is that while some of these books are, of course, so technical and only professors can read them, there are really good books that are being produced today, really good books that are for popular audiences. And so anyone can read them. The the vocabulary, when it's technical, is explained. Um, There's not Greek and Hebrew. And if there is, that's also explained in ways that you can understand. It gives you the chance to read theologically. This gives you an opportunity to deepen uh, your understanding of our faith and to really work at uh, just refreshing your mind and thinking about the great themes of who we are and what we believe. And then the last thing I'd say is, is to read what you enjoy. Um, I enjoy fiction. I find uh, a good book better than a long movie. Uh, I also find that uh, for me in my travel schedule that books work better for me than movies because I can pick the book up anywhere at any time in the airport, airport lounge, uh, on a bus, uh, waiting uh, for the plane, on the plane, doesn't matter. And so I find myself reading for enjoyment in those contexts. And uh, I read uh, espionage books and I read uh, legal books and I read travel books and I read things that interest me that uh, that really connect with some of the things that, that I enjoy. I've, uh, over the years, developed the habit of looking for series of books, and particularly series around uh, favorite characters. Uh, you know, some of you have read uh, some of these, I'm sure, but some of my favorite characters are Walt Longmire and... Uh, uh, Joe Pickett and people like that who have uh, been around for 15, 20 years as their authors of these books that have these characters just generate story after story after story and develop these characters over time uh, as they uh, continue to mature in their uh, in their careers and their families and in their uh, uh, and in their uh, crime solving and in their legal professions and in the other things that they do. So reading in a series like that is very enjoyable for me because you see the development of the lives of the characters and the writing style, and you can also learn and see in your own way of communicating how you can improve along the way just as well. So what should you read? Well, read widely and purposefully and intentionally, and don't forget to read theologically. And finally, read what you enjoy. This reading plan business is not supposed to be a chore. It's supposed to be something that's enriching to us and makes us better leaders. So you might be curious, uh, what is my current reading plan? What am I working on right now? Well, uh, right now I'm reading, um, of course, a biography of an American president. But for right now, I've taken a little sidestep from reading a traditional biography And I'm actually reading Ronald Reagan's Diaries. Now, that might sound really boring, but it's really easy reading. Uh, Someone did the hard work of editing his diaries and bringing out some of the more interesting aspects of his uh, daily musings about his life in the presidency. And so I read those each evening. 
Usually only about 20 or 30 minutes while we're getting, Anne's getting ready for bed. I'll uh, just uh, either sit down or lay down uh, in our bedroom just before bed and time. And just uh, while I'm waiting, just read for 20 minutes or so these little short diary entries of Ronald Reagan's. Why would I do that? Why would I find that so fascinating? Because again, it gives me the opportunity to have fellowship with a great mind, to be able to get inside the thinking of a president, to be able to see how he interfaced with the press, with opposition uh, politicians, with conflicts in his own cabinet, with the family trouble and struggle that he had with his marriage and the good relationship that he and Nancy had, but how they worked at that while they were in public life. All of these things are written about in the diary. And this a diary like this is not something that you sit down and read like a novel. I can't imagine spending two hours reading it. It would just be too much. But as you read through it, you read 8, 10, 12, 20 days of entries in a 20-minute span, and you just get a little snapshot of what's going on with him and why and what it can do to help you think better about the work you're doing. So I'm reading biographies of American presidents. I'm still doing that. And right now, I've taken a little sidestep from a traditional biography, and I'm reading instead Ronald Reagan's diaries. Um, Another thing that uh, I'm reading right now are quality, quality leadership books. And I've gotten away from just trying to consume everything that comes along, but I look for things that are significant and that are making a real difference. And I try to pick up on those from talking to our faculty, from looking at syllabi and how they're using what textbooks they're using in courses and things like that. And I try to keep one of those good leadership books going uh, all the time. Uh, Typically, Sometimes even go back and reread some books I've read in the past to try to resolve or work on a particular leadership issue that we're dealing with right now. For example, I use a particular textbook in our Doctor of Ministry program here, and I just recently reread that textbook. I hadn't read it for a few years, and I reread it because it's on uh, executive leadership and nonprofit organizations, and there aren't a lot of books on this subject, and this one is particularly good. And so I reread that just uh, over the past couple of weeks, uh, just reshaping again my thinking about nonprofit executive leadership. Another thing that uh, uh, I'm reading right now, of course, is uh, theology. Uh, I have uh, a new book that just came in a few days ago that uh, when I saw it come by as a uh, my desk, and presidents get a lot of these, most of them I pass on to other people, but this one I kept and thought, you know, I, I know one of the authors. Uh, the subject does interest me. This is a pretty serious but accessible theo- theological book. So it went on the reading stack, and it's right there on my desk ready to go. That'll be my next theological reading. And then uh, fun fiction. Uh, I have particularly like reading about travel. And so, as I told you, I just finished reading this ancient book about, or not ancient book, this book about this ancient story of this sailing vessel and shipwreck and all of that. And so uh, I really enjoy reading stories about travel, whether they're stories, contemporary travel stories or travel guides or travel books. But the one I just finished was this more uh, historical version of this travel that went halfway around the world and all that went on with that and all they learned and all they saw and all that was a part of that. So this is my current reading plan. I'm Reading uh, Ronald Reagan uh, in the evening for 15, 20 minutes each evening. I've been working on that for a few weeks. Uh, when I'm not home, I, I miss that. When I'm traveling, I don't take it with me. It's just a big old fat, thick book, and I don't, uh, I don't really travel well with that. 
but the other books, the leadership books and the theology books, they're also available to me. I finished one and I'm about to start the other one. And uh, I'll have some fun reading. I just said a minute ago that I finished a, a crime uh, thriller that I like by a particular writer. And I've been home for the past couple of weeks, but I'll be getting on an airplane again, starting up for this next uh, few weeks in the spring. And no doubt I'll uh, take the Kindle and uh, Kindle app and uh, do some fun reading along the way as well. Now, having said all that, that leads me to the last question. How can I read more? You're sitting there and you're thinking, good grief, you've got to be kidding me. I've got a wife, three or four kids, a job. I've got ministry demands that go on day and night. I don't have any idea how I would ever carve out time for this kind of extra reading. Well, I'm busy too, but let's talk about it. The first thing uh, to answer the question, how can I read more? The first thing is to make it a priority. Just decide it's important. Make a plan. Now, when I say make a plan, you might be hearing this podcast because it's all jumbled together in 25 minutes and think, oh, I've got to read five books a week. No, no. If you could find a way to read one book a month, that would be awesome. If you did more than that, that would be unbelievably good. We're not talking about carving out hundreds of hours here. We're talking about a little bit along, steady as she goes, prioritizing the habit of reading because leaders are readers and we want to be able to shape ourselves through this media. So how can I read more first? Prioritize it. Make a decision that matters. And then, of course, second, do what I've already talked about. Make a plan. Pick out some areas that you like to read and pick out some lists or some subjects or some books and Get those on your uh, reading app. Get those on a Kindle or an iPad or go out and buy the book if you like them and get that in hand so that you're ready to go. Third thing, turn off the television. Just turn it off. Uh, you will read more if you look at a screen less. Just turn it off. I have uh, grandchildren that have all learned to read except one. Give him time. He's only five. And their parents have really firm rules about reading time, and it always has to come first before screen time. Reading before screens. And so you as a ministry leader have to make this decision. TV off. I mean, how many times on the loop do you need to watch the same stories on Fox News? Turn it off and pick up a book. So you can exchange some of what you're doing with uh, screen time with book time. And then turn off social media. Uh, stop scrolling on Twitter. Stop looking through Instagram. Stop fiddling with your various apps and social media uh, entertainment sources. Look, I, I don't mind doing this some. I mean, the Oregon Ducks must be followed. We do check them out pretty regularly and see how they're doing. But three to five minutes a day is plenty, not 35 to 50 minutes a day. So turn off your screens, turn off your social media, make a plan, make it a priority. Now, practically speaking, here's a couple of other suggestions. Keep a book with you all the time. All the time. 
I always try to carry something with me in my briefcase, uh, usually a smaller, lighter weight book, or my iPad, which has books downloaded on it. On the desk where I work, I have a couple of books. In my reading, on a little desk at home, I have a couple of books. Now, I've been to people's offices and houses where they'll have like 50 books stacked up that they're going to read. Let me tell you what, you're never going to read those. You're not going to do it. So I don't allow that to stack up any place. If I get more than two or three, I either put some of them back on a shelf or I give them away to somebody or I move on. I recognize my goals often exceed my reality, even in this area. And so I just move on. I don't let things stack up, promising myself someday I'll get to the stack. I won't. I admit it. I move on. So keep a book around all the time so that when you have 15 minutes, when you have 30 minutes, when you're waiting for your children to come out and get in the car after school, when you are uh, in a situation at a, a church or the doctor's office or someplace like that where you're waiting on an appointment, uh, when you have waiting time, make it into reading time. And that's a good way to read more. Here's another thing that will help you read more, and that is find a good library so that you can cut the cost down on your reading. Now, uh, this may surprise you, but I actually am a part of two electronic public libraries here in Southern California, one in Ontario and one in Rancho Cucamonga. That's two cities right here by the seminary. They both have public libraries. You can register on those public library sites. You can give them your information. You get an electronic library card. You can check books out. So especially my fiction reading and my travel reading, a lot of that comes from the public libraries. I just don't have the money to spend on all these books, but I do have access to these two libraries, and so I make use of them. And then I work at this wonderful place called a seminary. We have this massively huge library. And I check books out from there. So unless I'm going to use the book as a textbook where I feel like I need to mark it up or in some way really delve down into it and use it for something that I'm going to continue on as a project, I don't need to buy the book. And so I either borrow it from a public library or I borrow it from the seminary library. And that's, pri that's a primary source of where I get a lot of my reading material. And you can do the same. You can go to public libraries. If you're the graduate of a seminary or a college, you can get access to library privileges there. If you work at it just a bit, you can find a way to get connected to a lot of free books. And then one last thing, and this one would take you a little longer, but it might be a worthwhile investment for some of you. My wife actually did this a number of years ago, and that is, as an adult learner, take a reading class. Uh, my wife made it through college, but it was hard, and she said to me near the end of college, this is so hard for me because I read so slowly. And I said, well, I uh, don't know how to help you with that. She said, I know, but I think there's classes that do. And so my wife actually took a class that helped her to learn how to read better as an adult. Uh, it was a class that taught her new techniques and uh, new ways of looking at material, new ways of scanning. Uh, it helped her to break some habits that had been ingrained in her and also because of her personality, being very meticulous and careful, helping her to understand that she didn't have to read that way in every single context. But a reading class really helped. 
And so Anne went on to uh, earn a degree here at seminary. And while she later told me, I'm still a slow reader, she's not nearly like she was when she was in college. She's learned a lot of uh, skills that have helped her along the way. So if you're a person that says, well, I'd like to read more, but I'm just read so slowly, don't be afraid to reach out for some help. Uh, get in touch with a community college or maybe a university in your area and find out if they have reading classes for adults or uh, classes to improve reading capacities for adults. And then make the investment of time to uh, do that class. It may help you in the long run to be able to enjoy reading much more over time. Well, we started the podcast today by saying uh, leaders are readers meaning that we are constantly learning and growing and developing. And one primary way we do that is by intaking information through reading. We've talked about why you should read and what you should read. And I've given you an example of what I'm doing right now and what my current reading plan is and how I try to keep that plan going fairly consistently over time. And then I've closed out today by giving you some suggestions on what you can do to alter your lifestyle and alter your situation just a bit so that you can read more. I hope this podcast encourages you. I hope you find yourself with a book more often than a screen for the next few weeks. And I hope you'll be purposeful in laying out a reading plan, not just to check off books and say how many you read in a week or a month, but no, to purposely say, I'm going to read to improve my communication skills and invigorate myself intellectually and shape myself spiritually. And I'm going to just read for fun because I know that leaders are readers and that the more I read, uh, the more intellectual shaping, the more spiritual growing, the more uh, communication improvement will be a part of my work as a leader. Leaders are readers. Put it into practice as you lead on. <laughs>